Well, thank you all for being a part of our gathering today, whether you are joining us here in the room or whether you are watching through your devices as we launch into our new teaching series here at Fort Christian Church entitled Redeeming Rest. And I don't know if you could see it when the graphic's up there, but the little piece there says Practicing Sabbath. And so we're going to talk about rest today. We're going to talk about Sabbath. You see, so much of our life is lived at a breakneck speed. As we try and balance all our responsibilities, fulfill all of our obligations, and adhere to other people's demands, rest seems to be something that we will do one day when we've checked off all of our boxes that life requires of us and there just isn't anything else to do. In this teaching series, we'll talk about the biblical ideas of rest and see how and why God desires for us to build a routine of rest into the rhythm of our lives. And while I can't speak to your need for a series such as this, I can certainly speak to my need for it. And while I don't follow your schedule, I certainly follow mine, and I look forward to over the next few weeks, to give God the opportunity to build a routine of rest into the rhythm of my life. Jesus, we thank you so much again for the opportunity to do life together, to get into the word, your word together today, to be with other believers today. No matter where we are in our faith, whether we are searching, seeking, or whether we've been serving you for years and years and years, God, there's things that we can learn today. There are things that we can input into our lives that will change the way that we love you, the way that we love others, the way that we impact the world around us. So um, we give this moment, these next few moments to you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know, whether you've joined us through your devices this morning or whether you're sitting in the room this morning, I believe that the question for this moment remains the same. Could you use a good rest? Could you use a good rest? Now, I'm not talking about a restful night's sleep. You know, the ones they advertise for, you know, my pillow and sleep comfort and, and, you know, those cold medicines that promise to put your cough to bed. And I'm not talking about a nap, although those can be really, really good as well. And if you need a nap right now, I give you permission. Lean your head over and take one. You can catch this later. We'll replay it, okay? No... The reality is we can all use the kind of rest that brings peace to our chaos, that brings some slow to our breakneck, and that brings smoothness to the daily grind. We can all use the rest that is certainly good for our physical well-being and our emotional well-being, but our spiritual well-being even more so. We can all use the rest that refills and re-energizes and reignites and allows God the space in our heads and in our hearts to help us to be the version of ourselves that he has designed us to be. My guess is we can all use that kind of rest. As a child growing up, I remember my dad always having a project that he was working on 
And besides his full-time job, it seems like he was always rebuilding an engine or doing some remodeling or some repair on the house or managing and maintaining a couple of rental properties or just doing some odd jobs for Professor Lehman, you know, one of his University of Illinois professors. Even as a kid, it seemed for me that rare was the day that I simply sat around doing nothing. There was always some kind of task or work to be done. My dad is now in his 80s, and to this day, as long as his health holds, on his 90-acre farm where there's still always a project, still always a chore, still always something to be done, you will find him smack dab in the middle of it. I'm thankful that from my dad I learned the value of hard work and I learned the feeling of accomplishment of a job well done. Yes, from my dad I learned a great work ethic. But what I didn't learn from my dad was a great rest ethic. I think it's important as we launch into this series that we understand that the plan, the design, that the need for rest is not some kind of construct of man. It was not introduced into society by labor unions wanting a shorter work week. It was not discovered through intensive scientific study determined by a bunch of sleepy lab rats. No. The idea of rest and mankind's need for it was introduced and commissioned by God, the creator of the universe himself. And the encouragement and the plan for rest we then find throughout the pages of the Bible. In the very first book of our Old Testament part of our Bibles, the book of Genesis, the first chapter, we read about the order of God's mighty hand in the creation process. Day and night, earth and sky, land and plants, the sun, the moon, the stars, fish and birds and animals. And the last chapter of the first chapter, uh, or last verse of the first chapter of Genesis, it says, Then God looked over all that he made, and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the sixth day. We flow right into the second chapter where it says, So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all of his work of creation. Now, I'm no Hebrew scholar, but I can do some research as well as the next guy. And this Hebrew word from rest here means to cease from your labors. Cease from your labors. That's just almost relaxing just to say that, right? Cease from your labors, right? It's to cease from your labors. You see, as far as creation goes, there was an end to God's work or labor of creating. Here's what's interesting. You see, God did not need to take a break, but he took one. God didn't need to take a break, but he took one. And, and just in case you're wondering, right, you're new to this whole God thing maybe, we don't serve a God who tires out easily, we don't serve a God who needs a day off, who needs a spa day, a vacation day, a mental health day. The psalmist captures it, I believe, in Psalm 121, verses 1 through 4. It says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? 
My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. When the account of the creation was shared by God and written down so that you and I could eventually read it one day, there was no questioning that these words about rest were not put there for God's benefit. You see, God didn't need a rest. He didn't need a weighted blanket and a good book. He didn't need a cozy fire and a cup of coffee. He didn't need a quiet mountain stream or a sunrise over an ocean. But God knew that we would. He knew that for our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health, that we would need to find rest. And just as the idea was introduced in Genesis, we will see that later in Scripture that God will remind and even require the nation of Israel to take a day of rest. I believe that God knew that in the hectic, hecticness of life, that we would need to take a rest, that we would need something called a Sabbath, a time set aside to end our labors, to pause our striving, to rest from our doing. He knew that we would need rest, and he should know. He knows what we need, for he created us. You see, our all-knowing, all-powerful God from the moment of creation knew that when sin entered the world, that the life's stresses and struggles and schedules, they would capture our hearts and they would capture our minds. And the only way to combat the forces that would hold us captive against our will and keep us outside of his will would be that we would find rest in him. When God rested, it was a demonstration of his completed work in creation because it was at creation that the need for a Sabbath rest was established. We learn later a little bit more about a Sabbath rest in the book of Exodus, the 16th chapter. And you're welcome to flip there if you like because I'm going to take a minute and give you a little bit of background. I think it's important to know where this came in, why it's here. Um, but so a few hundred years before this moment that we're going to read about, uh, there was a man whose name was Jacob, and Jacob was promised by God that he would be uh, over a great nation, a great nation would come from him, and he was promised that there would be a land that was promised to him and his people, right? And Jacob had 12 sons, and Jacob's 12 sons became the essentially the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel, but as there's often in the case of large families, there's one who maybe the others don't like quite as well. And this one was named Joseph. And the brothers didn't like Joseph so well. So they captured him and sold him into slavery, into Egypt. And eventually he rose to power to be the second in command of all of the nation of Egypt. And as Joseph was in Egypt, there was a famine where the other brothers and where their father, Jacob, whose name had been changed to Israel, where they were all at. And so they went to Egypt. And they went to Egypt in safety. They went to Egypt in comfort. They were welcomed there as a family. But as the family grew and multiplied, soon the Egyptians lost their love for this little family because it was growing into a great nation. They enslaved them. And for over four, for 400 years, Jacob's descendants 
were in Egypt. It's hard for us to fathom 400 years. Our nation, as we know it, hasn't even been around for 300 yet. But for 400 years, they lived in captivity. So God raised up Moses to rescue what was now no longer simply a family, but was now a great nation. And en route to the land that they'd been promised, the people got hungry and they got, well, when you get hungry, you get crabby. And they got crabby. But God provided food for them in the wilderness. In the book of Exodus, we read that each morning, manna, a flaky bread-type substance, would settle on the ground with the dew. And they would go out each day and they would gather up what they needed. We pick up the account in Exodus chapter 16, verse 22. It says, on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much as usual, four quarts for each person instead of two. Then all the leaders of the community came and asked Moses for an explanation. He told them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil as much as you want today and set aside what is left for tomorrow. 400 years they had been in Egypt. 400 years. This generation had known nothing but slavery and oppression. They had never tasted freedom. They had never experienced rest. And God knew that they needed a Sabbath rest. You see, it was at the time of the Exodus that the need for a Sabbath was reminded See, when God had the people observe the Sabbath at that time, that day of rest in the wilderness, and then every week they were supposed to repeat that process, it was a way to demonstrate to them that they could trust God. They could trust him in his leading, they could rely on him for their protection, and they could count on him for their provision. You see, that day of rest helped them to see God. And it served as a reminder, we read later on, that though they were once slaves in Egypt, that he had saved them from their captivity and was establishing them once again as his very own chosen people. And I think the lesson we need to learn from there, it should remind us that we also need a Sabbath, that we also need a rest. And so I ask the question, do you need freedom today? Do you find your circumstance and situation crying out for freedom today? You see, God knew that our situations, God knew that especially our sins, that they would bind us, that they would enslave us, that they would entrap us. And he wants us to know that we can trust him to lead, trust him to protect, and trust him to provide. My wife and I got to travel out of state um, last week, and we drove by a church. In fact, well, we drove by lots of churches, but one, something that struck me out, uh, particularly about this one church that I saw, was their church sign. Um, right next to their sign, there was uh, a, an image of the Ten Commandments. Now, we're not talking just a placard, you know, the, the Ten Commandments were, were written on. Um, you know, this was... This is actually like a replica of what would be like the stone tablets, you know, with the curved top, right? Um, the, 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 like we see in pictures, and we've all seen them, whether we've grown up in church or not. You see, these tablets were, were likened to the ones that Moses got from God in the wilderness. This was something that happened after the whole manna thing, that God was giving the commands to follow him to Moses, and Moses went up on a mountain, and God himself engraved on these tablets, you know, words, laws, for the nation of Israel, the nation of Israel was to live by them. 
And these tablets, both the ones at this church and the ones that, you know, that God gave to Moses, well, they had commands on them. They had rules on them. Rules like, thou shalt not have any other gods before me, and thou shalt not kill, and thou shalt not steal. And, well, most of us, or a lot of us, have learned those, maybe as children. Um, a lot of you probably learned them in the King James, you know, like I did. All the thou shalt and thou shalt nots, and... But it was in those commandments, on those tablets, that we find the fourth commandment, which was, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You see, in the Old Testament law, the need for a Sabbath rest was not simply something established in the book of Genesis. It wasn't simply something that was reminded, you know, at the gathering of manna for the nation of Israel. It was in the giving of the law that the need for the Sabbath rest was required. It was a requirement. It was a mandate. Now, I'm pretty sure growing up that I always was aware of the Ten Commandments. I grew up in church. You know, Ten Commandments was one of those things, right? And these ten laws, I mean, they were held in high esteem. These were laws from God which were spoken about with with reverence, which were preached about with passion, which were regarded with awe. Perhaps your background was similar. But what we weren't aware of, or you may not be aware of, or took a long time for me to figure out to be aware of, was those Ten Commandments, those Ten Rules, were not standalones. They were kind of the springboard or the platform or the introduction to some 600 other additional laws that the nation of Israel was supposed to obey in keeping their covenant with God. But growing up, it seemed that Christianity was all about following those ten rules. And every one of those ten commands or laws was to be understood and followed. Except one. Except one. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. For whatever reason, no one seemed to observe that one, or at least didn't observe it the way that God had commanded the nation of Israel to observe it. Now, I don't remember a single Saturday growing up that we took a break, set the day aside, stopped our working, and intentionally rested from our labors and worshiped in order to remember the Sabbath. That is until the fateful day that I wanted to mow my grandmother's lawn. It was actually a Sunday afternoon, and we were at Namah's house for a visit, and the grass needed cut. And when I suggested that I was going to go outside and mow you'd have thought that I was about to break every single one of the Ten Commandments. It simply wasn't allowed to to be done. Not then. Not there anyway. It was, after all, the Sabbath, or so I thought. And as a kid, i got to be honest, I was confused. Maybe some of you are confused still. Like, well, maybe it's all those thou shalts and thou shalt nots and Maybe it's the inconsistency of my family not observing the Sabbath except when it came to things like cutting the grass. Or maybe it's because, like many Christians that I knew, we were trying to observe a Jewish commandment for the nation of Israel to not work on a Saturday and we were applying it to our Sundays. Or maybe it was because so many Christians tried to follow the Ten Commandments more than we actually tried to follow Jesus. My guess is there's still a lot of confusion about it. So as followers of Christ or seekers of Christ or those who are curious about Christ, 
as those who might see that there is a need for rest in our lives, which all of us should see that, for those who realize that our Creator wired us to take time to cease our labors, I want to spend the next few minutes clearing up and unpacking some confusion about practicing Sabbath. First, Sabbath is not a Sunday. Whether we're talking about the day that God rested from his creation, or the day that God told the Israelites, there's not going to be any man of that day, take a day of rest and worship, or whether we're talking about the fourth commandment in the law of Moses for the nation of Israel, Sunday isn't Sabbath. Sabbath was a designated day of worship and a day of rest. And it was established at creation. And it was confirmed by the law of Moses. And it took place regularly on the seventh day of the week. I'm going to test you guys. When's the seventh day of the week? What day? Saturday. Seventh day of the week is Saturday. You guys didn't do quite as good a job as the nine o'clock service did, right? Sunday is the first day of the week. Saturday is the seventh day of the week, right? Sabbath was the seventh day, right? Second thing I want to talk about is the regulation to remember the Sabbath as a designated day of rest and worship, right? The regulation, right? This was a law given to the nation of Israel. It was not ever a law given to the church. Let that sink in. You see, the need for rest was established by God. So it's a good thing. I would dare say it's a great thing. But the requirement to set aside a certain day of the week and observe it as part of the church, it was never required of you and me. Now, there's certainly still a need for rest in addition, there's a promise of a more perfect rest for us, but I'll talk about that pretty soon. We still need the rest, but it's not required that we take a particular day. Third thing, while the Ten Commandments, including the requirement to remember the Sabbath, were an extremely important piece of the law of Moses, as, founda as foundational as they are to Jewish faith, they are not a necessary part of our Christian faith. Now, let me clarify. I'm not saying that we need to kick out the Ten Commandments. I'm not saying they're not good. I'm not saying that the Old Testament's bad. I'm just saying they're not a requirement for us to place our faith in Jesus. You see, our relationship with Jesus is not based on our obedience to, an understanding of, or even awareness about the Ten Commandments or the command to obey the Sabbath or to remember the Sabbath. You see, our relationship with Jesus Christ is for all who would come to him, all who would place their faith in him, all who would accept his forgiveness of their sin, all who receive the gift of salvation and new life. Our faith in Jesus is not anchored in a set of laws. It's based on the fact that Jesus died on the cross, taking the penalty for our sins and was raised to life as a testimony over the powers of sin, over the powers of death and darkness. And it was a confirmation that he was able to fulfill, to keep all of his promises. Let me say it again. The foundation of our faith is the resurrection of Christ. Not a list of 10 do's and don'ts. They were part of a covenant or an agreement between an entire nation with God. 
And it took me a long time to understand that. Maybe you too. We look at the scripture, though, there was certainly a time where the need for a Sabbath rest was established, and there was a time when it was reminded. In fact, there was a time when it was required. But for you and me, the rest that comes as a result of what Jesus did on the cross is the Sabbath rest that is the most desired. You see, at the cross, Jesus declared, it is finished. And just as rest came when God's work of creation was finished, so too a rest came when Jesus' work of salvation on the cross was finished. You see, all the work required to pay the price for our sins has been done. And we are invited to enter the rest that we have through Jesus. And that rest is there and available for all who would place their faith in him. And in him, we will find a more perfect rest than was ever established, reminded, or required. So what does that mean? Oh, does that mean that the rest that we find through our faith, faith in Jesus takes away our need or our benefit from taking moments or hours or even days to put the rest into the rhythm of our lives? Does it mean that the rest from our striving and struggles and our sin through our hope and the resurrection, does it mean that we no longer need to rest and remember that he has saved us and that he calls us his own? Does having the ultimate rest found in Jesus take away our need to re-energize, reignite, and refill our passion to take his good news to everywhere we go? No, no, and no. We still need that kind of rest. Like I said, a little while back, we traveled. It was right before the big winter storm hit, and we took off driving about 10 o'clock at night, Wednesday night, trying to beat the storm that was coming in Thursday morning. And I took the wheel for the first shift of what was going to be a you know, nine-hour-ish drive. And um, much to my surprise, without ever feeling tired or needing to do all those things, I, you know, when you, got, when you get tired, you do things. You turn the radio up louder when you're driving. You roll the window down. You do a little head shake kind of thing, you know, trying to get the cobwebs out. None of that. All night long. About 5 a.m., I saw a sign for a rest area. And I didn't think I was at a risk for my driving. I didn't think I was a danger for anybody else. I didn't want to stop. I certainly didn't feel like I needed to stop. But I made the decision to stop anyway. You see, I could have kept going. I could have plowed ahead. I could have justified the reasons just to keep pushing down the highway. But using the wisdom that God gave me, I chose to stop before the eyelids drooped, to stop before the reactions began to slow, to stop before my attention began losing focus, before my pursuit of pressing ahead without resting became dangerous both to me and to other people around me. So I chose to pull over and rest. And friends, I want to encourage you, when it comes to our lives, though we might not feel like we need to or want to, though we might think that we just need to press ahead, my friends, I want to encourage you. We need to find those moments in the rhythm of our life to pull over and rest. I believe that these teachings about redeeming rest over these next few weeks will, reminder, will be a reminder of that truth. That our Heavenly Father knows what's best for us. And He has placed it within us, the need and the desire for rest. This morning, or whenever you're watching this, if you've never experienced the rest that comes 
through placing your faith in Jesus Christ, that is the best place to start. Following him isn't about obeying a list of rules. It's about a relationship with him. And me, I would love to have that conversation with you after the service, if that's where you're at. Or if you're watching online, one of the hosts would be glad to have a conversation with you about that. Whether you're a seeker, if you're already a follower of Jesus, I encourage you, I invite you, over the next few weeks, plan to join together with us as we learn how to build a routine of rest into the rhythm of our lives. Let's pray. Jesus, in you and in you alone, we find the ultimate rest. Not because you require us to, but because you desire us to. And we don't find our rest in you because we have to. We find our rest in you because we choose to. It's a get to. So as we leave here today, help us to begin to look for ways that we can connect with you. That we can find peace in you, protection in you, even purpose in you. That we'd rest in you. It's your name we pray. Amen.